Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be moving into our time in God's Word. We've been in a sermon series called God of Miracles, and I have the distinct honor and privilege to introduce um, our speakers this morning. Uh, Judah and Candace Trabulsi and their family are great friends of the Hackbarths. They are doing a pioneering work in Lincoln Park, a historically difficult area of downtown Denver. They have moved there, given their whole lives to that work, and they are praying to the God of miracles to birth a church in this broken part of the city. We are huge advocates of them. We would champion them in every way possible. They're great friends, and they are wonderful, wonderful servants of the Lord. And they're going to be walking us through the close of this series, that we would be contending for the miraculous in Sterling, and that we would be contending for the miraculous move of God in Lincoln Park, Denver, Colorado as well. So if you would welcome them, you got to clap and smile. Got to prompt them. Good morning. It really is our joy to be here. We have gotten to rub shoulders with a lot of people from Sterling over the years directing camps, and we've known Ben and Beth for a long time, and our kids have become great friends. So it is our joy to be here with all of you. This is Elijah. This is Noah. I'm Candace, and this is Judah. And as Ben said, we live in downtown Denver in an area called Lincoln Park. And a number of years ago, while we were serving as pastors in Highlands Ranch, which is a suburb about 30 minutes south of Denver, the Lord just started talking to us about moving downtown and and planting a church and seeing the kingdom of God move to downtown Denver. And we prayed about what that would look like and what the strategy would be. And the Lord really put it on our heart to move our family to a neighborhood. And we we were in a discovery process of where we should land, and the Lord led us to Lincoln Park, which is a, an underserved neighborhood with a lot of physical need and a lot of spiritual need. Um, and, and we feel humbled that the Lord would choose us to come and be a part of that neighborhood and see the kingdom of God established there for generations to come. And we really believe that when someone interacts with Jesus and has their life changed by Jesus, that in their family line, no matter what has been happening in the past, that one interaction and one connection with Jesus and one life change can really change the whole trajectory of someone's family story for generations to come. And so that's how we view that. Um, And so we live in a house there in the neighborhood. The Lord miraculously provided a place for us to live in expensive Denver. And this is what it looks like. This is a picture of our, this is our um, neighborhood rec center and our park. And, I mean, it's pretty similar to Sterling, if you uh, look at it for a minute. There's about 6,000 people just in our immediate blocks. And um, we would say that the people we've interacted with and just statistics, like about 90% of the people that were around have no faith. And um, a lot of those are even anti any sort of organized religion or Christianity. And so... We know that the Lord asked us to do things a little bit different, to build a non-traditional community. And so we've been doing a lot of things. We call it throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. We just try a lot of things to see what will reach people. And we open up our doors, and we have 
uh, meals in our homes and barbecues in our backyards and we in our street we we pop up block parties and chili cook-offs in our right in front of our house in the street and uh, we do trash cleanups because we believe that everyone if they live in the neighborhood that being a part of serving that neighborhood is important um, and we've started doing church at home for people who are interested in that next step. So we're trying to find a place for everyone to be able to connect. And we know there's so many people who would never walk through the door of a church. Never. And so we know it's our privilege that the Lord asked us to come down there and bring the church, bring the community of God, and bring Jesus to people who would just never have an on-ramp to knowing Jesus in the current, the current way that they're living. So that's, that's been our privilege to do that. And um, these boys are a big, huge part of what we're doing there. Um, and at the end of the summer, we got to celebrate a few baptisms. These are our very first baptisms. We popped up a pool in our backyard during a church at home. This is Karma, one of Noah's friends from school. And then our next one is actually Karma's grandmother, uh, Kathy. And that was an incredible moment for us where we realized that um, we, we look to see where God's moving, and we, we join him. That's really what we're doing. And in this family, God is doing something, this family that was able to be baptized. And Noah actually got baptized along with them, too, in our backyard. And being able to be in our home in a neighborhood that is just spiritually dry, to see people getting, to be a part of people getting baptized and their lives being changed by Jesus has been incredible. It is slow, hard work, but we're grateful that God chose us to do his work and bring bring really the healing and the gospel and freedom to people that have no other way to access that. So Elijah is going to pray for us this morning before Judah brings the word. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you that you that we get to be at this church and preach to these great people. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit will come and fill every every corner of this room. That we yes. pray that you will release speak to us and through us, and that. You'll fill us up, and Lord, I pray that this will be such a powerful morning and that we'll get to learn a lot more about you and grow in our hunger for you, Lord. I also play, pray for Lincoln Park, Lord. I pray that you'll send laborers, God of the harvest, may you send laborers and maybe find more people of peace to love on and spread your word to, Lord. May your word spread like a wildfire, and I pray, Lord, that you'll really just bring joy to our neighborhood and take it out of the hurting that it's been through, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, 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 and amen. These guys are powerful, powerful ministers of the gospel, and Lord, we do. We invite your Holy Spirit to fill every corner of this place. I feel like I'm in a tent, like a tent revival. I have heard the story that uh, over 95 years ago, this church was established and rooted in faith with a tent revival. And I have never heard uh, in all my life anything like it, where there is a church that's been here almost a hundred years. I would say and venture to guess thousands of people have come through this church and come to know Jesus, been discipled, raised up and released to do the work of the ministry through this ministry, through one man being obedient to say, yes, I'll go to Sterling and let's see what God has in store. And we're here 95 years later as a product of that obedience. And I'm just, I'm excited. So you can see the generational, how one small movement of obedience can lead to such a ripple effect. If you would bring that picture back up of Kathy, 
uh, this woman lives two houses down from us, and she is the mama of the neighborhood, and she has just loved this neighbor. She's actually third generation Lincoln Park. So her mom was born and raised in the projects in Lincoln Park. These little red projects is what they called. And then her grandmother was also raised there. She adopted Karma, the other picture, that's Noah's best friend. Uh, she actually adopted Karma's mom. And because of that, um, it's so cool, this, this connection. But we're already seeing these generations. So Des also... Kathy's daughter got baptized that day and was the one really pushing for it. And then Karma, the adopted granddaughter, got, got baptized and the grandmother. So we're seeing three generations and we're seeing God already begin to shift generational curses and brokenness. Kathy will tell you, man, them growing up, there was drive-bys all the time. They would literally watch TV on the ground just out of safety. Um, she has... Uh, an incredible family, but some of her sons were involved in those gangs and are still in prison because of it. And so we are already seeing generational uh, things be broken. And uh, some of her sons and, and family have come to our church services and heard the gospel. And it's just, it's cool already what God's doing in a mighty way. I believe God has something really special in store for us. I really do. I have a, a sense of expectation in faith like never before this morning. Ben, I think God is doing something with your Achilles that uh, we can't quite understand. We see through a glass darkly, but how many know that God's on the move, right? That no matter what happens, he's a good God, and we don't use that as an excuse. We know that he's a God that heals. He's a mighty and powerful God. I want to tell you a story about when we were in Bible college, which was, seems just like a few days ago, huh, Beth? Beth used to lead chapel and worship, and uh, one of my favorite worship leaders by far just loved Jesus. You can tell when there was a worship leader that just wants Jesus, right? And they just want to go after Jesus with everything. So I remember so many chapel services just being on my knees, worshiping Jesus, and Beth was leading us into the presence of God, and nothing has changed. She's still doing that, still her heart. Um, I missed Ben by, I think, 20, 25 years. He graduated uh, before I did, uh, at least 25 years. I think it was a slim, slim margin there. <laughs> you know I love Ben so much, and that's why we got to give him a hard time, and, and we love Pastor Ben. i uh, just been getting to hear his heart for you guys and for Sterling, and man, you guys are spoiled, spoiled rotten with uh, pastors that love you and giving their life to this community, amen? And so, uh, man, it's incredible what God is doing here in Sterling. And I believe that started 95 years ago. I think of the word tabernacle this morning. I was thinking of that old picture. Have you ever seen it out there? It says tabernacle, four squared. What was the tabernacle? It was a place of the holy of holies, Right? This is this place where the presence of God just exploded, a tabernacle. And let's be that. Let's be a tabernacle, a place where we come in to the holies of holies and believe for healing of cancer, believe for Achilles to be healed in the name of Jesus, woven back together miraculously, dancing and skipping and praising the Lord. Well, while we were in Bible college, there was a mobile home park next door, and one night God asked me and my friends to go pray through it, like we often did almost every week. And there was this older gentleman that says, you've walked past my house five times tonight. What are you doing here? And I had dreadlocks and piercings, and I looked, yeah, like a punk, because I was one. 
And uh, amen that God could even use punks and teenagers, amen? And so uh, we were just, uh, you know, William Wilberforce said um, we were uh, too young to know that it was impossible, so we did it anyway, right? Amen? And so we were just, there was nothing that our God couldn't do. And so we just said to this, this man, hey, we're praying in your neighborhood. You know, we had been doing it for a long time. And he said, well, I need some prayer. I have stage four cancer, and the doctors have only given me a few weeks left to live, and I would love your prayer. And his wife came out, and uh, his adopted daughter came out, this sweet little girl, and we all prayed together in faith that he would be healed. Four of us college students from next door from the Bible college. Well, we didn't think much of it, and we left the mobile home park that week, and the next week we did our, our normal routine and did a prayer walk around that place. And it was so incredible because they came running out, dancing and praising the Lord, saying, you will not believe this, but I told you the story that my body was riddled with cancer, right? It was just absolutely riddled. They gave me two weeks to live, and now I am 100% cancer-free, completely 100% healed. And we spent the next, like, all through Bible college, I knew them. They were in the very corner of the mobile home park, and I would always go there first because they had the best lemonade, and they had best hospitality. They just invite me in like, wh- like we had become family. And that's the kind of God we serve, amen? In Revelation 12, 11, it says, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they weren't afraid to die, amen? And amen. That's the kind of faith that we're asking for this morning, that we have overcome by the blood of the lamb, by what Jesus did on the cross in the word of our testimony. How many know it's so powerful to hear a testimony, a, a true testimony? How many of us, raise your hand if you have a testimony in your life of God doing something miraculous in your life. Look around. I mean, that's most of the room, right? God has done something, many miraculous works in my life. When we were in Albania two years ago, on a missions trip, God told me beforehand, ask for miracles, believe for miracles. And so if you know anything about uh, Albania, it's the religion, the main religion is Muslim, actually. And so we met all these teenagers, and we're doing teenage outreach to these Muslim kids. And it was just an, an incredible time, but I mean, it was, it was rough. It was rough going there at first. Um, one of the kids that we met was dealing drugs for his dad. He was forced to do that. That was just part of the, the practice of their family lineage. And uh, it was so incredible to have them come, but they just were ornery and rude. And like while we were trying to preach, they were like talking and making jokes the whole time. So thank you so much for being so much more polite. We, pre- we appreciate that. Ben's on his best behavior. We're appreciative. Um, but the reality was we didn't know what to do. And we're like, our, our eyes are on you, God. What do we do? And God said, I'm the God of miracles. So we started telling them about the gospel one at a time. And we started just taking them out for coffee, hanging out with them in their own neighborhood. And sure enough, we, ha- we went to the beach, brought them all to the beach, and uh, very few of the teenagers there wore any sunscreen at all. We were there for 12 hours, and they wore no sunscreen, the Albanians. And I was like, maybe that's cultural. Maybe, I don't know if they've ever been to the beach, but they wore no sunscreen. And so one of the girls that was there, the Albanian Muslim girls, got like third-degree burns on her face. Like she was there for 12 hours, no sunscreen. I don't know if she was working on her tan or what, but it went wrong. And she literally had blisters on her face the next day, and actually the blisters popped. And uh, you could see like three dermal layers deep. It looked like nasty, horrible. And I said, can I pray for you that God would heal you? And she said, sure. Like they're not believers, nothing. 
And he said, okay, sure, why not? And I said, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your face would be healed. I kid you not, she comes in the next morning to our meeting, just so happy, glowing. Her face looks like brand new skin. 100, where there's these holes right here from the blisters, completely 100% got, gone. And her face was like just the incredible complexion. And I literally was like, then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. Sing it with me, everyone. No. I literally, every time I saw her for the duration of that week, I would sing that song. So others started lining up, and this kid had a horrible road rash, right, from a bad accident and went all the way down to his bone. And I said, everyone see it. Everyone gather around. See this. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. He pulls back his shirt, and it's 100% gone and healed because our God heals. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a God that still heals, right? Then this kid comes up to me. He's like, I had a, a horrible soccer injury three days ago, and someone kicked me so hard with their cleat um, right, in the, uh, right in the calf muscle, and it was like spasming. It was rough. It was, it was, he was in pain. He'd been limping everywhere he went with us. He was limping. Uh, it was no joke, and I was like, no problem. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed, and he was, he, he literally started laughing hysterically. He grabbed his friends. He's like, look at this. He's like, start jumping around. He was like, literally, the pain is 100 hundred percent gone because that's the God we serve right we believe that we have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Luke 11 1 through 13 I just go right to the word if I'm confused about healing I've prayed for lots of people and they don't always get healed immediately and then I pray for another person and they get healed immediately and I'm like wow that is so incredible how many know it's the power of God that heals right and how many know he's good no matter what, and he's amazing, and we pray in faith every single time because that's the way that the word says, go out, lay your hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will be healed in the name of Jesus. So that's the way, that's what we believe in for. That's what we're believing for you, Ben. We believe in that way. We pray in that way. And he doesn't always answer in that way, but how many, how many know if you never pray, he's definitely never healing that, Right? Because there's a reality where he wants us to engage with our faith and he wants us to pray and step out in that faith. Luke 11, 1 through 13 says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. So if you're anything like me, I just want to be at the feet of Jesus. And anything that he says, those words in red, um, I'm paying especially close attention to, especially because if I was a disciple, I would ask that question. Like, hey, it seems like when you pray, Jesus, things start happening. And when I pray, I don't know. They're like, how do, how do we pray? And so I love how, how he says for us to pray. Um, just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And I suppose the one, insi um, and suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, right? How many would be in that? You know, like midnight, I'd be like, Go away. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of the friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. Everyone say shameless, shameless. Audacity. audacity. The name of this message is called Sin Vergüenza. 
I had uh, a pastor for 19 years, an incredible man of God, and his wife pastored me as well. Her name is Lori O'Brien. Um, she's Mexican. She speaks fluent Spanish. That's her first language. And like when you were doing something like really out of line or just silly or like, why would you do that with such boldness? Like you are so crazy, right? And she'd be like, sin vergüenza. Everyone say, sin vergüenza. This is like this shameless, it's literally, it's literally translated shameless boldness, right? Or like without shame. And I believe God is asking us to be without shame this morning to have this childlike faith. The rest of the story goes, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Like, shameless, this is Jesus talking. How do you pray? With what? Sin vergüenza. You pray with shameless boldness. God, we've prayed a bunch of times for Ben's ankle to be healed, for his Achilles to grow back and to be attached, and I'll do it again. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that Ben's, Ben's Achilles would be healed. You'd weave it back together this morning, and we're going to keep on until the 11th hour. We're going to pray as a congregation, believing for a miracle. Because why? Because that's how God asks us to pray. Not that our will, but your will be done right? Yes and amen, right? That's how he asked us to pray. And we're not all like weird about it. Like it didn't happen. I didn't have enough faith. I'm a horrible sinner. I knew it. What am I doing? It's none of that. It's like, okay, he said no. He must have something better in store because he is a good God. And all he does is good. He doesn't know how to do anything else. So if he's building character in you, I, I busted my leg my senior year. My, 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 I was going to uh, do amazing in track. I don't know if I was or not. But I always say, if my leg wasn't broken, I would have taken all the records. And I literally broke my leg my senior year. And uh, God didn't heal it. And I learned so much from that. I'm so grateful. Candace walked through it. We've known each other our whole lives. And God walked me through it. I got so close to him because of that pain. I didn't know what he was doing. He could have healed it, no problem. But he wanted to do a deeper work in my soul, right? So we don't try to pretend to figure out like, we, if I am just holy enough, I will be able to pray. And, and every time I lay hands on every single time. No, but we are obedient. That's what we're called to. We are called to obedience, right? When God says, and I'm not asking people to like willy-nilly, like someone gets a scratch and you're like, in the name, you know, like you just run over there. I, I think Christians have gotten a bad name for sometimes getting ahead of Jesus. My wife and I always pray, I don't want to be ahead of you, Jesus. I don't want to be behind you. I just want to walk right next to you, right? I want to walk in stride with you. And how many know my sheep hear my voice, right? God speaks to his people. And I think it's, you know, a lot of times we're trying to discern the Lord, right? And we're trying to discern his voice. What does it sound like? What does it look? And I'll be the first to say, I've missed it sometimes. But I would rather be obedient and look more undignified than this than to do nothing, right? I believe that. I've looked silly a few times, and God has looked amazing many more times because I've stepped out in faith, amen? And so a lot of times I know it's God if I don't think that way. He's like, I want you, I'll tell you a quick story about it. I got to give you a little bit of a background. Um, I work as a maintenance man at um, a condo building near where we live, right? That's my, my day job to pay the rent. And I do that, and uh, depending on who I'm talking to, they're like, what do you do for work? I'll be like, well, I'm a facilities manager. <laughs> I don't know if you know what that is. So it's a manager, basically that unclogs toilets and, you know, <laughs> uh, um, 
I mean, like, it's just all about, like, how we present it, right? And so um, I, a lot of times, don't get in. I, I work hard at my job. I, I feel like I do good work. We, um, and I never get any attaboys from my boss. Like, they just are like, they literally told me one of the first weeks I was there is like, I'm hard to impress. You'll never hear any praise from me. And I am literally a words of affirmation person. Like, that's my main love language. So I'm always trying to, like, think, oh, my goodness. Like, does this person think I'm awesome? I hope. I look at all this work. I'm bending over backwards. I'm doing all this on-call stuff. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm doing good work. And nothing, nothing. So, I, I mean, this is just really bothering me, right? And I get my identity from that. Um, and I know none of you would be as shallow as that. Like, <laughs> But the reality is we get our identity from how much we make an hour, what we look like, who we're associated with, whatever, social media. I mean, the list goes on and on. This is where we get our identity. And God's like, well, you're obviously not getting your identity from there. You need to get it from me. But I just couldn't do it. I'm a people pleaser. I'm just like a habitual people pleaser. Any people pleasers in the house? Any people pleasers? Yeah, you guys are like, it'll make them happy if I raise my hand too. Yeah, I, you're a people pleaser. I would have raised my hand too. I totally get it. Well, that's, that's people pleasers always raise their hand because then he wants me to raise my hand. Well, I'm a people pleaser. And I mean, that's just a lot of times what I'm thinking about. And God's like, I want to break that in you. And so speaking about becoming more undignified, I was at a church in South Dakota and there was this incredible guy named Royce. He's special needs. And he prayed over me. And he was praying over our ministry in Lincoln Park and prophesying. And uh, he's it, it was just incredible. Well, worship starts off. And he um, just gets right up there and starts dancing before the Lord. And I grew up doing that. That was one of my incredible times. My name is Judah. It means praise. I would just be up here all the time, just dancing before the Lord, waving. We had flags. Poor people in the front row were ducking when I was up there. They were like, watch out for Judah. He's crazy. We're running up and down the aisles. I mean, I was like David. And I loved it, man. That's where I connected with the Lord. It wasn't for a show. It wasn't for anything. It was just for Jesus, right? And, and uh, of course, I've become way cooler now. I would never do something like that. So, of course, I'm in the front row, and you guys know where this is going, right? And I didn't know anyone in this church. I was speaking that morning, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And Royce looks right at me, and he hands me this flag, right? And this flag, like, looks like fire. It has this cool fire print and this color, and it's amazing. And he's like, dude, here you go. And I'm like, bring it on. Let's go just threw off my shoes and I began to dance and all of a sudden what my boss thought of me seemed completely unrelated right but when you release the fear of man uh, when I released what I was like I don't really care what the people think about me in the room I'm not doing it for them I'm doing it as unto the Lord this is my worship as unto you. All of a sudden, that people-pleasing just began to fall to the ground. And literally, I didn't care what my boss thought anymore. I was like, Lord, I'm doing this unto you. And I was just delivered like a miraculous thing happened that morning. And it was so incredible because I just remember like God is teaching me that he desires obedience more than anything. I knew he was calling me deeper into his presence, calling me to do something courageous that would set me free, right? It was for my own benefit because he is good. His love endures forever. It makes me think of that, uh, that story in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And you remember the story well, right? It's Saul. And what does God say? I've given you victory. I've given you authority with the Amalekites. All I ask is that you kill 
all of the, the spoil, right? The sheep, the donkeys, all of that stuff. I, that's just the only thing. Just wipe, 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 wipe the Amalekites out, wipe out their livestock. And, and so, of course, right, uh, the priest comes and he says, what did you obey? Oh yeah, I totally obeyed. He's like, why do you hear the bleeding? Why do I hear the bleeding of sheep in the background, right? He's like, well, I did that because I wanted to give the Lord an offering. And what does Samuel say, right? He says, God desires obedience much more than what? He desires obedience. And I think so often we miss our, where our confidence comes from. I think we miss the whole point that we think we're supposed to look special and put together. And God's like, literally, I believe God is doing a new work in this place. I believe that he's stirring all our hearts this morning. He's saying Judah. He's saying Candace. He's saying and Ben and Beth and Sterling congregation. Let's become a tabernacle of praise. Let's become more undignified than this. Let's dance before the Lord, right? Let's, let's let all our inhibitions go and say, Lord, I want you to use me in Sterling, Colorado, in Northeast Colorado for your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe God's doing that. You guys remember the story of David, right? He danced till his outer garments came. This is the king. He's supposed to be dignified in his priestly garments and his royal robes, right? And he says, I will become more undignified than this. For it's the Lord that's put me in this position, the Lord that gives me breath, the Lord that gives, puts everything in me. I believe God is calling Sterling just to this new level of obedience and understanding this morning. I just want to pray over us. Lord, I believe you're doing a work that no man could ever do. I believe you're doing something in our souls and in our hearts you're opening doors and creating new pathways for us to walk in boldness. Lord, where have we been held back? Where have we been held back? As the worship team comes up, I want to share a story with you that many of you are familiar with in Luke chapter 7. In the the team is just going to begin to softly play just as I, I read this, and I believe there's a response this morning. If you need to close your eyes to focus, I don't know whatever that looks like for you, but I believe God wants to speak to us something deep into our souls, a new boldness this morning. And some of you are saying, Judah, I'm not outgoing like you. I would never do that. Listen, God needs his people He's created you in his own imago day. You are made in the very image of God. And I know there are some introverts that are some of my best friends that have a friend group that would never want to associate with. They're like scared of me when I come near. They're like, oh, he's going to ask me questions and want me to say something. You know what I mean? And they're like, I just want to be quiet. You know, like we need introverts for the kingdom of God that are obedient. Hey man, you don't need to be an extrovert, Right? I think sometimes we qualify and we say, oh, I'm not bold like that. Yes, you are. You have the boldness of a lion that lives in you. You might be quiet, but you're mighty. You might be loud, but you know how to listen better than anyone. 
Amen. Let's read this story about Cornelius. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, this is in Luke chapter 7, to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion servant who his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogues. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house with a centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the words and my servant will be healed, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes, and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does this. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. I'll say that again. He was amazed. I take special notice anytime Jesus says he's amazed at a person, at a mere human being. But he was amazed at him and turned to the crowd following him. And he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Lord, I pray that our faith in Sterling, Colorado, Lord, and in Lincoln Park, right there in the heart of Denver, I pray that your faith would be amazed. Lord, you would be amazed, Lord Jesus, of the things that we're asking for you. For a healing in Ben Achilles. Lord, we thank you for the healing of cancer, Lord God, that recently happened, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the move of your spirit. Lord, we thank you that you're raising up a boldness in this place even now as we're communing with you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, what, what could have happened, Lord Jesus, 95 years ago in a little tent a block from this place that would lead to a legacy as strong as Sterling? Lord, what could lead to that, Lord God, where, where thousands have come to know you over these, these almost hundred years, Lord Jesus? What could have happened, Lord Jesus? It was a people desperate for you, that you were amazed at their faith. And Lord, this morning we are the centurion. Lord, we look at a God and we say we are not even worthy but we know who you are. You are the same one that raised Lazarus from the dead. You are the same one, Lord God, that is healing people in Lincoln Park, Lord God, and, and allowing them to be baptized, Lord God, not just one generation, but three. Lord, you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and you're moving in this place. You're the one that communes with the woman at the well. Lord, you are the one, Lord Jesus, that brings prostitutes and brings liberty and freedom 
freedom to them, Lord Jesus. You are the one, Lord God, that saved us, Lord God. We have testimonies of, of healing in this very place, Lord Jesus, from addiction. And Lord, I pray there would be more, Lord Jesus. Anyone that's addicted to, to pornography, Lord God, to alcoholism, Lord Jesus, to drugs, Lord God, to social media, Lord God, addicted to praise of man. I pray that that fear would break off right now, even now. And if you need healing this morning for anything, and if you're contending for healing or for salvation for someone in your family or one of your friends, I would ask that you would get on your knees if you are able. If you're not able to get on your knees, stay where you are in your seat. Or if you're able to stand, would you stand? But it's an act showing, Lord, I am the centurion. I am not even worthy, but Lord, would you use my hands to bring healing to people? Lord, we believe that you are the same God. Lord, the same power that conquered the grave lives in us. The same power that conquered the grave lives in us. And if this morning you're just saying, God, I am contending for healing for someone, but I also want a new sense of boldness, of sin vergüenza, shameless boldness, would you raise your hands right now? Would you raise your hands all over this room? Would you raise your hands and say, God, give me that boldness. Give me the spirit of Elijah, Lord. Give me a double portion in the name of Jesus that I would lay hands on the sick and they would recover because you live in me. Your spirit lives in me, Lord Jesus. For sterling, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would move in this place, that we would hear your voice more clearly than ever in these days, Lord Jesus. In these days that you would pour out your spirit and we would be so attuned to your voice when our heart starts beating out of our chest, when we hear your still small voice, when we know that it's something that we wouldn't think of, Lord, that we would move in power, Lord God. Lord, I pray for a new sense of boldness, Lord God, shameless audacity to raise up in sterling, Lord Jesus. Lord, these people are known to be mighty and strong, Lord God. Restore unto them the joy of their salvation, Lord God. When they went around laying hands on people in Bible college and saying, be healed in the name of Jesus, and they were so young that they didn't know it was impossible, so they believed God at his word, and he did it anyway. And people were healed and set free. Move in this place, Lord God. Lord, it can't be from emotion. It can't be from a sermon. It can't be from worship music. It has to be by your spirit, says the Lord. By your spirit, says the Lord. Would you pour out in this tabernacle today, Lord Jesus, like you did 95 years ago. Lord, would you pour out your spirit in this tabernacle, Lord God. In these frail, broken people, would you use us to be your ambassadors in the earth? Would you activate us to preach your gospel? for the things that you have begun. See them to completion. Lord, for the things that you've begun, see them to completion. 
Lord, not because we ask, but because you've said that you would. Lord, your word says that the good work that you begin, that you see to completion. So, Lord, it's not out of line to petition you to do that. You've already spoken that you would. It's not a blind hope to convince ourselves that you could. Lord, you've already said that you will. And so, Lord, for healing, heart, mind, soul, spirit, body. Lord, for great needs of deliverance and provision. Lord, you have always been the God of miracles. You spoke and the heavens and earth came into being. Lord, there's something about being convinced that it's not a move or a feeling or even a physical touch, but that just the spoken word of God brings salvation. So, Lord, increase our faith today. Lord, increase our faith today that, that we wouldn't somehow petition you for a, a feeling or an emotional response. Lord, that we wouldn't somehow convince ourselves that we need to whip up any special fanfare, but that we would have the faith of that centurion and just say, Jesus, you just speak the word. Jesus, speak the word of healing. Speak the word of deliverance. Speak the word of salvation. Speak the word of wholeness. Speak the word of provision. Just speak the word. And Lord, in us, in us, create a boldness that we would go out and in turn speak that very truth, that we would speak that word as well. Lord, that we would be moved to pray for our neighbors. Lord, that we would be moved to petition you to bring a move of God to Northeast Colorado. Lord, that it would be more than just pining away in complaint or wishful thinking, but that we would be motivated to be moved by you, to be led by your spirit, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And Lord, even as we would contend for that, in Sterling and the surrounding communities, Lord, would you knit our hearts to Judah and Candace, would you knit our hearts to Lincoln Park? Lord, that as we would contend for in Nico as in heaven, in Northeast Colorado as in heaven, may it be in Lincoln Park as in heaven. Lord, move us to pray, move us to action. Lord, give us opportunity. Judah and Candace, if you would come up, we're going we're gonna to pray over you. Church family, if you would stand and extend your hands in agreement. This week in our e-news, we'll be sending out some different opportunities and ways for you to partner with them, some very clear next steps if the Lord's moved you to be a part of what he's going to do in Lincoln Park. 
But like our roots are somebody came to Sterling, set up a tent, did some rad Jesus stuff, and 95 years later, like things are booming. Lord, would you, would you rock their tent? Lord, I've sat in that home. And I've been with those people. And it's one of the sweetest, humblest gatherings. Lord, would you meet them in that place? Lord, would you birth something in that place? that 95 years on, they would be looking back and celebrating a move of God that was uncalculated, that was even maybe unanticipated, but that Lincoln Park would be changed for generations to come because of their simple yes and obedience. Lord, knit our hearts to that. And Lord, give us eyes to see each and every opportunity that you would move us towards. Lord, that wherever we would set our feet, we would take the kingdom of God. Wherever we would set our feet, we would take the spirit of God. Wherever we would open our mouth, we would speak of the miraculous power of God, that we would see you move. Lord, in miraculous and in the simple, that lives would be changed and that you would change us in that partnership. Lord, we send Judah and Candace, their family. Lord, we send them back into this assignment. Lord, fill them up. Lord, as they pour themselves out as an offering to us, Lord, we pray that you would fill them. Lord, that they would be renewed and reinvigorated by their time with us. Lord, that they would have new friendships and partnerships. And Lord, we look forward to the word of the testimony of the things that you would do as the things that you have started today are brought to completion. In Jesus' name.